Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 13th of November 2021. And the title of this episode is Retail Therapy and Atomic Arcade. Gallant Night Games is in the spotlight this month, as voted for by patrons. And good news, Gallant Night is up for a chat. Bad news, the ball is with me and I've dropped it. Sorry, Alan, I'll email you shortly. If you read Geeknet's Friday's routinely itemised collection of RPG news, you might have spotted that I complained about being unwell. As you can hear, I'm feeling a bit better today. Weirdly, I have an advanced medical testing kit in my desk drawer. It's for C19, as you'd expect, and I took the test just to make sure. I really do wonder what our future will be like. Some sort of biobunk world? I also said I had new shoes. I blogged the Reebok Ghostbuster range in June. They're now available here in Scotland. And as part of my apparent middle-age crisis, I bought a pair of Ghostbuster X Reebok Answer 4s. Right, that's a catch-up, but we're here for a geeky roundup of news. As it happens, I have both Future World and Retail Therapy to talk about. Geek Native's curated collection of short films expanded this week with Shari E. Tabassium. That's an animation set in a peaceful future. Everyone smiles, by law, with punishment for those who don't happily smile. It's a peaceful future. Did you know you can skip from one short film to a randomly selected other one by clicking on the teleport link at the bottom of any short film article? A good way, I hope, to fill a bored 30 minutes. Links to this week's short animation and everything else mentioned in the podcast can be found via the transcript. I speculate about a biotech future, but we seem to be living in an increasingly cyberpunk present right now. Diamond and Alliance distributors have both been hit by a ransomware attack. It's messed up retail's abilities to order the comics and the merch they hope to sell in these crucial gift-giving weeks. A ransomware attack is when a company is extorted for money, to return the victim's computer systems. It might be that a virus got in, or a hack, or even a social exploit, and it's often a case that systems are encrypted beyond use. It's an especially tricky one, because paying still leaves you open for future attacks, and it shows that you're willing to pay. It's a bit like fighting off school bullies, in that they will, as long as they can. But here is some good news. One bookshelf, that's the company that runs Pathfinder Infinite with Pazio, the DMs Guild with Wizards of the Coast, and the Storytellers Vault with Pyrox, and of course their own drive through RPG, updated their list of supported charities. That means three new charities are available for publishers to pick as places to route proceeds from sales to. And they are the Dots RPG Project, who make Braille dice and other accessibility work, Outreach Action International, that's a group focused on human rights for LGBTQIT people. And the Southern Poverty Law, a racial justice in the South of American group. That news inspired me to go digging into what else happens charity-wise at OBS sites. And with help from the DMs Guild, I was able to find about 10 products that simply give their money away to a charity and do it all the time. I don't mean a bundle sale for a while. I mean someone who has made a D&D product and is now selling it exclusively to support Extra Life. That's pretty cool. 
and Cory Longenecker is responsible for about half of them. Thank you, Cory. The D&D 5e stress conditions download looks especially interesting. And let's slide from buying for charity to a more commercial retail therapy. I know I've been doing a lot of it recently, but it's hard not to be excited by some of the goodies coming out. Rebellion will publish a new series by Garth Innes. That's the comic book master behind titles like Preacher and The Boys. What could this new series be? Well, it's only a direct sequel to that cheese fantasy classic movie Hawk the Slayer. I kid you not. The people who published Judge Dredd are going to do the official Hawk the Slayer miniseries. That's due out next year via Diamond, the same company we mentioned at the start of the podcast which is locked in a ransomware battle. It's a connected world. Looking at stuff that you can get now and might do with Christmas or the run-up to the festive season in mind, let's start with Designing Spaceships. That's a new Battlestar Galactica book from Eagle Moss and Hero Collector. I have a PDF copy and the hardback is due out shortly, and it's a great art book for fans of the series. There's no shortage of clever concept designs and interviews with illustrators and designers. However, I liked it because I discovered how often the series settled on one particular design just because it looked good. I was gratified that instinct and talent played a big part in BSG. It's not all maths and marketing analysis. And in the more immediate retail future, there's these Stranger Things walkie-talkies from Merchoid. They're a black rectangular that sort of container that zips across three ages and has a walkie-talkie antenna out the top. The front has a Hawkins logo and a middle school AV club sigil written on it in 80s style text. I mean, there's all those pencil cases. I saw their immediate use as a dice bag, and I imagine it will suit games like Kids on Bikes and Tales from the Loops well. And from drop.com, you can buy some Middle Earth keycaps. These are covers for your keyboard, one key at a time, to transform it into either elvish or dwarfish. If you do that, you've unlocked level 2 geek. And if you want to go for a level 3 geek, that's pretty impressive, and you have to have the confidence of a lion, then what about these Junji Ito so-called Christmas sweaters that I found? Ito is a horror manga creator. He does twisted stuff. Imagine a sweater with a collage of black and white horror manga art. I have no idea why this was made or why I find it strangely desirable to have. And while I'm tempted, I won't be surprised if Forbidden Planet fails to sell any of them. They're so strange. Now, nudging back towards the world of RPG, but before we leave retail land entirely, I think it's worth noting that Steve Jackson Games has the full GURPS 3rd edition Conan range back in print. They scanned all books, so there might be some imperfections, but you can buy the set from Amazon and on paper. That's pretty impressive. If I was a publisher with the rights and the assets to do this, I certainly would. And speaking of publishers with rights and assets, Wizards of the Coast filed for a new trademark in recent weeks. It's for Atomic Arcade. Atomic as in, well, individual things or small things? Perhaps invoking Fallout vibes or a bit retro? Arcade could be a games hall, or a place to buy stuff, or both. And the trademark mentions entertainment services and interactive multiplayer in one filing. 
RPGs, board games and card games in another, and downloadable games in a third. Wizards are the brand in charge of, of, of Hasbro's digital direction, and so all this makes sense. Atomic Arcade could well be a game studio, a platform from which to buy their computer games, a rival to drive through RPG, or even a virtual tabletop. It could be all these things at once. What do you think? Well, you can chat on Discord with us if you have some thoughts. The current virtual tabletop champion is Roll20, and they'll certainly be interested in what Wizards of the Coast are planning. The latest report of games played on Roll20 is out, and it shows that D&D still dominates, with more than half of all campaigns being 5e. Call of Cthulhu is about 12% of campaigns, and that's a fall from last quarter, but then it's not a system that lends itself to hugely long-term campaigns. Investigators tend to either avoid the horrors or the game ends. The World of Darkness and Vampire the Masquerade in particular are growing well, in terms of percentage adoption, up hundreds over time. Big numbers, but still not a huge slice of the market. Next year, the Marvel RPG might come out and may be a new contender. Star Wars, another Disney property, is sliding. But that RPG has been somewhat in limbo as it transitions from fantasy flight to edge. A Marvel story that did catch my eye this week was the boom in interest in American Sign Language, at least as measured by Google searches. The theory is that this is directly connected to the Deaf Eternal, played by the Deaf actress Lauren Ridloff. I don't know if the status quo clerics complained about the casting, but I thought Macari was one of the best characters in the movie. Also on the representation front, I thought it was worth pointing out, Latinam Breakout. Soul Muppet Publishing is working to bring five RPGs from creators based in Latin America to market via Kickstarter. Once it's done, all the assets will belong to the creators. The campaign is asking for £15,000 to fund, but it's nearly there. If you back projects for rewards, you can back for just one or all five of the games. I think it's worth checking out. SideQuest, the indie RPG design festival, is still on too. Now, to finish up, let's go with the traditional look at bundles and competition. There's one of each this week. In the bundle of holding, there's the World Builders Toolkit 8, which has a host of map assets, game design aids, and even commercial licenses. The competition to win is Goatland's Adventures Omnibus from Fainting Goat Games. It's a collection of 5e adventures that slot together into a sort of a campaign setting. You don't need to spam friends to enter, you just need to fill out the form. And on that note, let's wrap there. Keep safe, and this big baby who is suffering from nothing more than a cold, we'll see you next week.